And ultimately what this work does is it brings a huge amount of self-compassion to yourself. And I think that the what I want to see in the world going forward, not just in general with menstrual cycle awareness, but for people in general to be kind of more compassionate to, to themselves, but also to others. Because I think there's a lot of um, people in the world who are... Um, you know, like in politics and people in power who are causing harm, but are, who are actually, um, you know, um, experiencing their own difficulty. So I think compassion goes a long way in terms of making and bringing about change. Mm-hmm. That was Lisa de Jong, who is a menstruality coach and educator working with women to help them understand, embrace and kind of uh, live within the cyclical nature of their menstrual cycle for their health and well-being. So we talk a lot about um, Lisa's work and, and how it directly applies to, to women and women's experiences with menstruation. And Lisa offers a lot of practical tips for women who um, might be working with certain issues to do with their cycle um, and what they experience. But also um, it goes much broader than that. And, and we talk about um, kind of our society as a whole. We talk about one of my favorite topics of cyclical living, kind of this idea of non-linear living um, and this idea of the feminine and the masculine, but not in the way that we talk about it in the West. Um, you know, as I've brought up on the podcast before, uh, this idea of, of the feminine and the masculine as kind of energetic qualities um, and so we talk a lot about the feminine in regards to that. Lisa teaches me some things about Celtic um, spirituality and kind of symbolism, which is really interesting. Um, and it's a really sort of wide ranging conversation as they tend to be. And I learned a lot and I had a really interesting chat and um, it has definitely affected how I go about my life and things that I start to pay attention to and things so I hope that you enjoy it as always you can let me know find me on Instagram at being underscore change and leave a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode hello and welcome to create shift my name's Ellen Carr as well as being the host of this podcast I'm a writer a yoga teacher and a holistic living mentor This podcast is here to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. The conversations had, questions asked, and thoughts presented are here to awaken that whispering of your soul, your own questions about the life you want to lead, and to give you the confidence that you can create the shift you want to make in your life. I believe that the way to true health and happiness, individually and collectively, is to live a truly holistic life, a life that is driven by a purpose that feels true and right to us and that helps us to feel connected to ourselves and each other and the world around us and that leaves us feeling fulfilled and content. I release a new season of the show in line with the change in the seasons in nature. So normally you'll find a new season coming out around the solstice or equinox time. Each season has a couple of solo episodes as well as interviews with lots of interesting and thought-provoking guests. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope that you enjoy listening to Create Shift. If you do enjoy the show, I would love it if you would be happy to leave a rating or a review or both. You can do that on iTunes if you listen via the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy. Otherwise, you can go onto iTunes, search Create Shift and leave the review on there. I'd love to carry on the conversation with you. You can find me online at being-change.com and you can find me on Instagram at being underscore change. joining me today I'm really excited to chat with you um so let's get started with my little seasonal intro question um so this this episode is part of the autumn season of the podcast and so I wonder if you could tell us what your favorite things are about the season of autumn Mm. well first of all hi Ellen thanks so much for having me it's lovely to be here 
Um, yeah, I've been thinking about this. And so I'm based in Ireland and, well, I'm from Ireland, lived here most of my life. And I have to say it is actually, I think it's my favorite season, even though I love summer. I think autumn is my favorite season on a kind of sensual level. It's quite a long season here in Ireland. And um, the reason I love it so much is because it's that kind of slowing down energy that autumn brings um, from summer to to winter. Mm. It's that kind of transition season. It's obviously the colours are beautiful here in, in Ireland. Um, and it still can be quite warm during that mm. time. Um, and it's just this it's just this lovely kind of mystical quality to oh. it here in Ireland. Yeah, that's why I like autumn. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. It's my favorite as well. Um really. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I really just like the transitions actually from season to season. So whenever the transition comes from each season, I, I get really excited about that season, but I think autumn remains my favorite and maybe it is because it is a transitional season as well like you said um yeah I love the energy of it I love the colors I love that kind of crispness yeah I love it Mm. (laughs) um yeah 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 yeah. um okay so do you want to introduce yourself and, and tell everyone a little bit about what you do sure yeah um so I'm Lisa and I am what's called a menstruality coach. So what that means is um, that I help women understand their menstrual cycle from a more holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. And I teach women how to live more in sync with their menstrual cycle. And there's kind of like two layers to that. So firstly, it's about living a little bit more in sync with the cycle from a kind of self-care and practical day-to-day living kind of point of view. Mm-hmm. whether it's exercise, diet, um, those kind of things. And then there's this deeper layer, which is about um, creativity, One is one part of that. And then also what I call emotional processing and spiritual healing, where um, when we come into a more intimate relationship with our cycle, um, we feel more supported in ourselves. And we can, if we're going through a period of difficulty or if we're processing difficulty from the past that our cycle can actually support us and help us um, process through energies and experiences um, in a very contained way um, so there's kind of a few different layers to to what I do um, so that's kind of yeah that's kind of what I do really <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, and I think like I think I was only introduced to the to this idea that the work you do was a thing <laughs> when I met you. Um, you know, before that, I'd never heard of, of people doing that kind of work, and then and then I was exposed to kind of a few other people doing that, um, sort of through people I follow on Instagram and different podcasts I've listened to and everything. Um, and I, I guess it's kind of it. It feels like it's it sort of sits um, sort of at the oh, I don't know what the right word is. Kind of like the the outskirts or the peripheries kind of of, of our society or kind of like what's accepted, you know what I mean? Like um, talking about uh, menstruation and, and women's cycles and stuff still seems very much kind of taboo um, and kind of uh, maybe that, you know, that's why there aren't loads of people doing the work you do or if there are, we, we don't really hear about it. Um, and I feel like I was going somewhere with this point and I've lost where that was going, but um <laughs> I guess, I, I guess, yeah. Do you do? You, let's start with that. Do you think it is it is kind of a taboo subject still? Yeah, that's a good question, Ellen. Um, I think it is, but not everywhere. It really just depends. Like, and it depends on the work that you've done on yourself, right? So, um, for me personally, it's not taboo in myself. Like, obviously, we've all been exposed to shame and taboo around you know all women I mean around our menstrual cycle men too have been affected by it but yeah. we'll just talk about women I guess for today <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um so so yeah there is a certain element of working through one's own shame to, to do this kind of work and 
and so so for me there isn't you know I don't have that shame anymore um but I, I'm still careful with who I talk to in and what in, in what detail I go into in, in terms of this work with whom because um not everyone is exposed to this work and um you know it can it can make people feel uncomfortable so at the moment what I'm seeing is that we're in this it's kind of like we're in this transition phase actually we were talking about the transition season it's like mm-hmm. we're in this transition where women um have already started to talk about menstruation and their bodies more we've seen that in Ireland it's been a huge topic mm-hmm. in the last couple of years with the abortion referendum last year is women women's bodies in general mm-hmm. um but when it comes to menstruation that's starting to creep into the mainstream media a lot mm-hmm. more like I mean it's all over my social media feed exactly yeah yeah no no but you're <laughs> right and I yeah, see everything um exactly I think there's a little lag there but that's okay <laughs> yeah I think um yeah <laughs> so so yeah yeah it's, it's in the social it's in the, the mainstream media and and therefore I do believe that it's becoming less and less taboo mm. um but there's still a lot of work to be done. so that's that, that's what I would say about that that we're still in that transition and there's still a lot of work to be done there with that you know mm. um mm. because a lot of the conversation is about um, and this is what's interesting for me is that a lot of the conversation in the media is about um, women, the taboo itself and suffering mm-hmm. um, and the menstrual time. But there's not so much a conversation around the kind of what, what I call the superpowers of the menstrual cycle. So um, the, the cyclical nature of women's bodies. We're talking a lot about feminism, but we're not yeah. talking about the cyclical nature of, of the female body enough. That's what yes. I'm interested in the most. Yes, and let's talk about that. So I think what was driving my earlier rambling question is this is this sort of uh, so when I was making notes about sort of thinking about things I might want to talk to you about, and I at one point I drew this circle and I wrote about cycles and stuff. And and this is something I keep returning to again and again and again when I think about different things and in the work that I do. It's this idea of cycles, cyclical living and stuff, obviously with the seasons and then as a woman sort of with your own seasons that you kind of go through um, and in terms of ways of moving um, in our body. So that's what I look at in my yoga practice and stuff like that. Um, And so I just keep coming back to this idea of of circular stuff that feels very feminine to me and not to say that it's exclusive to women, but it feels like a feminine energy. And that feels um, at odds to what I would perceive now as our society as being quite linear. And I pulled up a quote actually from your website um, in your kind of about sort of section where you said, um, I couldn't keep up with living that linear and very stressful life. So can we talk about that a little bit? This kind of, uh, if that makes any sense to you, this kind of idea of of the the, the cyclical and the powers that might be there uh, in that if we were to kind of live in a more cyclical way and what those kind of superpowers are and yeah yeah <laughs> that's an exciting <laughs> I, it's um, a lot yeah. Talk about. yeah I know <laughs> so wherever you want to go with that um, yeah okay well it's interesting actually yeah okay let me just feel into that a little bit um yeah you're right we do live in this you know the way our society is structured in terms of work and capitalist society which Mm -hmm. is I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing but it's just how where we've come over generations yeah um is that it is very linear and achievement oriented and productivity oriented um which is good but it's it comes at the expense of people's health and well-being and I think that women especially women actually um because our bodies are not designed in that way and so because we have this cyclical way we, we, we've kind of been forced to push ourselves through what our bodies are being asked are asking us to do. Mm-hmm. And then what can happen is we, we experience burnout. We experience all sorts of different fertility related issues, whether it's endometriosis, PCOS, period pain, or, you know, struggling to conceive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that is to do linked to stress and other, there's lots of other reasons to it. Um, but it is, it's a very difficult thing to be a woman in that kind of society and achieve the things that she is trying to achieve and take the boxes, whether it is she wants to have a family and a full-time job. It's hard to do that when we're in that kind of society. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so the way I see it is that I, and the work I do and the, the women who I do this work with, we teach women how to live cyclically within that paradigm. Mm. So it's not necessarily about like, you know, trying to start a revolution and change society. I mean, like, oh, what a ideally, shame, but it's not really going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I> um, <laughs> but we kind of secretly, we kind of secretly do our own thing. Like, you know, yeah, as yeah. in we live this cyclical life and it's great. And, you can kind of appear to be working really hard, but actually, you know, you're really taking it easy because you're on your period and you're, you're just gearing down a little bit on an energetic level. And as a result of gearing down on an energetic level, you can then, you know, you can compensate for that when you're ovulating. So that's where it kind of comes in. It's kind of coming to this understanding of your body on a somatic level and understanding your cycle for yourself because every woman is so different. And so going back to your image you had of the circle, mm-hmm. um, the image that I have that I take from Celtic spirituality, actually, it happens to be a really useful image for this, is um, that, you know, that Celtic spiral, it's kind of like, it's just a simple spiral really, but it's, yeah. it go, you know, it starts in the center and it spirals outwards. Yeah. And so the Celts, used that as a symbol of the life death life cycle Uh, um yeah yeah, and it's because it's not like it's not like we we go round in circles it's actually that we spiral from the center point outwards so if i'm say for example if i'm on my period and i slow down it doesn't mean i'm going backwards it just means that i'm slowing down but then as i enter a new cycle i'm my cycle kind of grows kind of like the rings in a tree trunk when you you know when you look in the chapter mm-hmm. entry you have all of these spirals it's gained experience and wisdom and another circle over time um it's kind of like that with the menstrual cycle that we can live this embodied somatic cyclical way but it's not actually that we're going backwards or we're going against productivity it's just we're doing it in a different way Mm, that's a really lovely image yeah definitely (laughs) um and you just touched on something that I wanted to talk to you about as well which is which is that life death life cycle and um I know uh, something that we've spoken about before is kind of this idea of endings and how in general our society doesn't really know how to deal with endings very well um kind of endings in themselves are kind of taboo and that that might be connected to why we find um menstruality hard to deal with because we don't we find endings very challenging um Mm, yeah yeah um absolutely I mean endings of all sorts like you know a bereavement is a very painful thing to experience um and it's it's painful in and of itself but it's very painful to allow oneself to surrender to the pain of that Mm. and that's kind of you know and, and, and I do think that okay that's kind of another conversation is grief but Mm. um there's a certain element of allowing and surrender you know within the being within the spirit um once once that person feels safe to do so and um there's an there's an incredible amount of healing that actually comes out of that you know that that comes out of um um, really letting go and and surrender because it, it, it is that life death life cycle like new life comes from mm-hmm. allowing things to end so it's very philosophical and it's very deep yeah. and spiritual this kind of part of it right yeah so there's so many different forms of endings in the world so we have that extreme you know that I just spoke about in terms yeah. of you lose somebody you love that's very painful but then also small endings like um retirement is an ending even motherhood is an ending of sorts because you're ending not being a mother you're transitioning into this new phase um changing jobs mm-hmm. moving house like all there's just endings all over the place mm-hmm. and um i think as society we do find it difficult to engage with the emotional side of that we kind of push forward into the the, the kind of the new life part of it yeah without necessarily um acknowledging the loss well even if if it's a small loss but the loss that's that's there and that's why I love menstrual cycle awareness is because um every month if a woman is practicing menstrual cycle awareness to some level and she's aware of her cycle and she's aware that she's coming towards the end of her cycle um another thing I really like to say is that the womb is a place of life and death so every 
time we menstruate, it, it is an ending in and of itself because it's an ending of a potential life that could have been there. Mm. And I'm not saying that's like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, that's the reality. And, and that can bring up lots of different experiences for that particular woman, whether it's grief because she was trying to conceive or um, it could be a lot of pain for mm-hmm. most women, myself included. Um, and and it's kind of learning to transition. It's learning to navigate that transition and negotiate th- that transition from going going from ovulation to which is the what which is what we call the inner summer yeah. to um, inner winter, so menstruation. So it's not like and that, and that's why um, th- this is why I teach what I teach is because we're we're being taught that oh periods are just this thing that happens to a woman and then the rest of the time in our cycle in our bodies it doesn't matter but actually it mm-hmm. does and if we don't acknowledge the rest of the cycle that's when we get things like pain and um different types of disturbances so i'm kind of going off on a bit of a tangent here but it is to do it is actually at the end of the day coming back to your point of acknowledging the ending and the life death life cycle and when a woman is um aware of that in her body it actually becomes this really useful tool to understand um, the power and also the beauty of endings and what endings bring. And it's it kind of it, it opens up this whole spiritual realm and this deep trust in life that endings are okay and that they are life giving. And therefore, even if a woman is going through a bereavement or something really difficult and, and it, it's always going to be difficult, it kind of gives this, um, I'd like to say like a spiritual holding and a trust in life itself and trust that she is able to go through that and come out the other side. Mm. Um, you know, so that's, yeah, so that's kind of what I would say. <laughs> on, yeah, on so it's definitely like um, an increased resilience and an increased kind of, real um increasing a, a woman's awareness in in her own power sort of she's kind of reclaiming that by yeah, reclaiming her yeah. cycle she's reclaiming her power just to be totally badass in life <laughs> basically exactly that's exactly it yeah just as you say that I'm thinking it's it's it, that's exactly it and she's reclaiming it you know what it is she's reclaiming her power in her ability to let go yeah and it's it's a real um it just it it feels like a real you know it is that sort of deep spiritual um it feels really connected to nature it feels really um like I just get images of kind of real strong women um like deeply feminine but it, in a brilliant way like uh, not that there's any not brilliant way but I think sometimes when we talk about feminine um so for a long time I've kind of avoided associations with the word feminine because I felt like it meant like girly I guess um like kind of and uh, maybe that's because that's how society uh has kind of gone perhaps in a way is like feminine is associated with sort of um it's not really associated with strength I guess it's associated with a lot of soft qualities which aren't bad either um but when you're talking about that I get a real sense of the strength of, of femininity as well and I think that's brilliant um I think it's really important for women to be able to acknowledge that and reclaim it Um, yeah and I think you know that word feminine even in the non-gendered sense of the word in like the kind of the yin yang sense if if that makes sense like that you know that quality is that the, the kind of the sacred feminine of the world if you will is that kind of softer emotional like emotional holding kind of nurturing slower exactly nurturing yeah and and I think that that quality is what holds the grief of the world and um it's there's a strength in that you know there's a huge strength in ability to grieve yeah Yeah. and there's a strength in the ability to let go because what happens is and I see this a lot in relationships is that or in jobs or friendships is that um a lot of people, and I've done this myself and I still do it, you know, like is that because letting go is such, a, it is a very painful and difficult thing to do. Mm. But if we don't let go, we're holding on to something that is, that is lifeless for mm. life, which is, which is kind of a, which then you're kind of then in this lifeless place, you know, and that's not a life you want to live. That isn't, you know, that's not a, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not yeah, a place you want to be. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah just sort of thinking about all the different aspects of the feminine and stuff now and like 
Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because with the yin, I think with the yin-yang thing and, and the feminine, um, you know, the yin is associated with that darkness, is with the dark side of, of the moon, the new moon type thing, which is an ending and a beginning. Um, uh, but often we do think of it as that softness, that nurturing and stuff, but there is that, that uh, there's kind of, there can be pain there, like it's allowed in that space, um, I think. And then I was also just thinking about um, all the different aspects of the feminine in Hindu um, mythology and the, the different aspects of the goddess. And, and you've got you've got people like um, Kali with all the skulls. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the the Hindu. No, not with Hindu mythology. Okay, so Kali is. Um, the one that a lot of people might be familiar with the image of she she wears kind of like skulls around her neck and stuff um she's totally fierce like a destroyer kind of um warrior goddess and then you have other aspects of the goddess who are more to do with kind of like uh mothering or, or lakshmi used to do with um a real kind of loving energy but also kind of riches and and abundance and stuff so there's all these different aspects of of the one goddess energy um and 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 i i quite like that is that it can be manifest in different ways um um yeah so that's just gone off on a huge yeah. tangent but <laughs> i just thought no but that's great i love mythology feeds it does feed into some of my work actually in terms of um yeah those archetypes you know and mm. I, i'm quite familiar with celtic mythology being from ireland so yeah yeah and it's a very matriarchal kind of society the celtic um past so it's super interesting it's a whole other podcast episode really isn't it Ellen <laughs> it's actually yeah it'll make a note um because that would be really interesting to chat about I know I don't know anything really about about Celtic mythology not much at all so that would be fascinating um so yeah, yeah let's put a pin in that for another time that would be great um so okay I want to um I want to ask you about the contraceptive pill and other hormonal mm-hmm. contraceptives because I, I feel like a lot of listeners might have be thinking about this because I've certainly, when I've listened to um, menstruality coaches on, on podcasts before, I've been listening and I've been going, yeah, this is all great, but I don't know if it relates to me because I'm on the pill. And mm. because that is a an unnatural thing coming in and having an effect on my cycle and I've just been confused and I feel like, uh, I feel like it's kind of hard to find that information of um, uh, do I have a cycle? Like, does this stuff apply to me? Like, I feel like I'm in a bit of a limbo. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What are your thoughts? I think, yeah, it's a really good question. And I think it's an important one to talk about, actually. Um, so my thoughts are, uh, the, well, I have a few different thoughts on it. They're kind of conflicting thoughts, really, because... I was actually thinking about this earlier. So I think the contraceptive pill is great because it's allowed for huge, you know, it's just allowed for a lot of, um, I suppose, empowerment in a way of of the female body and control and freedom in in different ways. Um, And it's just very convenient. It's super convenient for various reasons. And, um, but then from personal experience, I've been on the pill myself and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> so, so I personally didn't have a very good time on the pill. Um, <clears throat> now that was a long time ago. But when it comes to your question and cycles, it really just depends on the woman and her own experience because I have worked with women who, um, who do experience kind of hormonal and um, emotional fluctuations mm. throughout the, the month being on the contraceptive mm. pill. And it essentially comes down to what's true for that particular woman. So it really, really just depends on what she's experiencing and how to learn to work with it. So the, what the pill does is it, it's, it prevents, I think, most of the contraceptive pills. Now, I'm not like, I'm not a GP, so I don't know yeah. the, the kind of differences between all of them. But generally speaking, the pill prevents ovulation mm-hmm. and it keeps your hormones at a kind of steady kind of level so you don't have the same fluctuations as a as someone who isn't on the contraceptive pill mm-hmm. um so that might mean then you you that woman might not experience um bloating in the same way or period pain in the same way or 
um, I don't know, just emo- her emotions might be different. Um, yeah. But I do think that on a, on a kind of grander level, there's cycles in nature. There's the moon cycle that affects yeah. us. So there's a lot of different things that are going on around us. It's not just our bodies. Mm. Um, for, for any listeners that are, that are curious about um, their, you know, menstrual cycle awareness and coming to understand their bodies through the lens of the menstrual cycle, I think it's definitely worth um, tracking, starting to, you know, doing what I would teach all women is to learn how to track their menstrual cycle in a kind of more in-depth way. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, park that on the pill for now, because that particular woman, woman might be thinking, oh, should I be on the pill? Should I not be on the pill? And yeah. I think, you know, it's just an individual thing, really. There are a lot of super alternatives out there for, in terms of contraception. Um, but it depends on the reason why she's on the pill, because there's a lot of different reasons why women are on the pill. Sure. It's just a really big conversation. And it really, yeah, comes down to every single woman individually. But I do think, I think the important thing is, one point I would make here is, to not feel that you're doing something wrong by taking the pill. Cause I, mm-hmm. I do think that that can happen a little bit in the kind of holistic health world is that mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, we can get a little bit self-critical of, you know, having a drink or <laughs> yeah, yeah. using but, uh, yeah. a toxic moisturizer or something. Do you know? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I yeah, think, yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to, <laughs> yeah. And that, that's kind of where I got to with, with the pill. Cause like I've been on it for years and, um, you know, I started thinking like last year, I was like, oh, hang on, I'm doing all this work about being in tune with natural cycles and rhythms. And yet I'm taking something that's stopping my natural cycles and that feels wrong. And then I started freaking out a bit and I was like, oh my God, I was getting a bit stressed about like what I should do. And I was like, okay, let's just step back a minute. And like, you know, maybe I'll come off it, but like when it's the right time and when it's like, I don't have to beat myself up about it. Um, No. No. Yeah. But so Definitely. even if it's like go on, sorry. I was just gonna say, like the only concern I would have now about the pill is if a woman is taking the pill um for something like pain or um, yeah. you know, bec- or because she doesn't have a period sometimes I've heard yeah. of doctors prescribing the pill because she doesn't have a period. Really? And that I wouldn't agree with. So because it's oh, not, well. not really because it's not it's not really, it's not a real period. It's, that, it's, it's not the same. No, as no, I know. Mean? It's I just know. kind of disillusion. Yeah. I've never heard of it being <laughs> someone who doesn't have a period. That's okay. kind of yeah. bizarre. Yeah. That is odd. <laughs> so, but then again, as I said, I'm not a doctor. So always no. consult with your doctor and get a second opinion. Yeah, of course. course. You know, but, um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah and 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 then for things like pain I would be worried like say if a woman is experiencing is experiencing a lot of pain and she's prescribed mm-hmm. the pill I would get a second opinion on that because that could be then masking something more serious like endometriosis and if she yeah. continues to take the pill and the endometriosis is not dealt with and she's trying to conceive in 10 years time then that could be an issue mm. so if it's used for a masking effect for a temporary masking effect I would I would just question that yeah you know? yeah, and, and yeah in those cases I would careful with taking the pill yeah I think that's good advice um uh but so even if a woman if women listening are on hormonal contraceptives and are interested in in the work that you're doing that you're talking about it is still worth them starting to track their cycle and kind of observe absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely and and the thing is like whether she stays on it or comes off it that will just reveal itself in its own time but yeah. it's not something that should or can happen overnight um, and yeah yeah you know, so and it, yeah freedom of choice yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah because yeah, be I really definitely find to yourself um, I definitely find that um I go through changes throughout the the month throughout my cycle um that I've noticed more since starting to think about this kind of thing and I definitely feel different um at different stages and like I'm, I'm much better at different types of work at different stages and all these different things and and it's at one point I started questioning that thinking oh but maybe this isn't right because I'm on the pill but it is it's that's how it is for me so you know yeah it's like yeah, different exactly. for everybody yeah yeah that's really great that you noticed that I do think like and I've heard that from so many women you know so like I mean there's so much more to our bodies than just our hormones as well right and we've got other hormones not just the ones that are in the pill so um, yeah and there's so much you know connect sorry I think I just totally interrupted you 
it's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say there's so much, um, you know, connection between the mind and the body and what we think about um, and how that affects the body. And, you know, sort of I've been doing research and reading around this kind of thing at the moment, um, that, that it is possible that what we think about and what we put our attention onto and get curious about becomes heightened um, in our awareness or even in it literally becomes heightened uh, by the way that, our thoughts affecting kind of chemical changes in our body that is possible also and I don't know how that's you know, yeah but that is possible in, in general so um yeah perhaps that could be happening I've experienced that as well actually yeah yeah I, it's funny that you say that I've definitely experienced that myself in this work and I've actually damned this work jokingly to my friends <laughs> you know like why did I start this work like now I'm experiencing just these insane emotions all the time but it calms down after a while, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a really good point, actually. The mind is powerful. Very oh, powerful. my God. So much more than we know. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The more I read about it, the more amazed I am. And I think it's just incredible. Um, so, okay. So I, I'd like to chat to you about kind of the and the sort of practical sort of self-care element that you were talking about that's part of your work um, and sort of that way that you said uh, that we can kind of start to live in, in tune with those kind of cycles and stuff whilst not having to, to change the whole of society and cause a rebellion because um, that's something that I have found challenging. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> something I found challenging kind of now that I um, I work a part-time job and so I'm not just working for myself, I think when you're working for yourself it's it's obviously easier to shape your time generally generally speaking but if you're working in a job um and you're going out to work or you're working you're somehow connected to and and with other people you know whether that's you've got kids that you're sort of um uh, looking after and taking to school and, and that sort of thing you're kind of your time is not solely dictated by by you I found it challenging so yeah what kind of sort of advice and stuff do you give to people getting started with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, this work does open up a lot and it can open up a lot of discomfort um, and also grief and grief and discomfort around the fact that we don't live in kind of a more mm. understanding and compassionate society towards the cyclical ways of women's bodies. Mm. Um, so 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 it is hard to just acknowledge it like it is hard and we all feel it um so the way i work and what i teach is i well first firstly i i would teach you know get a woman to kind of start to track her cycle and understand her body from through the lens of her own cycle because we do have the archetypes of um what what are described as the inner seasons so mm-hmm. spring is um after we have become into this kind of spring phase and then which is like project or sorry estrogen increases slowly and our energy starts to rise slowly mm-hmm. and then we have summer which is ovulation and then we have autumn which is pre-menstruation and then we have winter which is menstruation so they're kind of the archetypes so so what I do is I would teach a woman about the archetypes but then come to understand her cycle through her own body because it's different so what I experience in my winter would be different to what another woman would experience Mm -hmm. in her winter so my needs are different so it's coming to understand her needs and her lifestyle and her circumstances around her cycle Mm -hmm. um and then it's actually about making and I've heard you speak about this before actually making really small practical changes like Mm -hmm. it can just be something tiny so for example um obviously a lot of women really struggle with pain during their period and the main issue then is how do you go to work and, you know, be in a meeting or, you know, yeah. write your report that you're trying to do when you're sitting there and you've got period pain. So, and we take painkillers, which is again, totally a good thing to do in my opinion. So, um, but what I teach women is to do the practical things. So it can be, um, for me, well, I'll just talk about myself actually. So what I do is because I experienced a lot of pain in the past, now my cyclical ways are around, um, understanding my energies and then 
Um, so one, one thing I do is I prepare my meals the week before my period, like my dinner, mm-hmm. so that when I come home from work, I have things in the freezer and I have food in the fridge and all I need to do is just heat it up and it's nutritious, healthy food. Right. Um, and that just supports me so much. And it's like, you know, kind of, I'm not the best cook and I find it time consuming, but it's nice to do it at least once a month properly and get it all in the fridge mm. and have it all there. So that's one thing. So, so like little self-care things like that. But then also... It's not just about like doing things and changing our lives, but it's also in the kind of the the mindset and the approach we bring to work. Mm-hmm. So if you are on day one of your period and struggle with that and you have to go to work and you have kids, is there a way that we can perhaps ask for a little bit of help from somebody? Or is there something on our to-do list that we can cross off, even just a small thing? Mm. Or is there a different way that we can approach our work? Can I move more slowly in my day? Can I try to not give myself a hard time if something doesn't go my way? Can I kind of give myself a little bit more of an energetic hug from within and be really present with myself during the day and just move from that really slow place, even doing the same things, but just moving more slowly kind of from within? Mm. Um, and being really present with oneself because that's what the body is kind of asking during that time. It's asking for our energy to be coming, turning inward and being present with ourselves and restoring ourselves. It's a very restorative time for yeah. the for the body and the soul. Um, so it is, it, it just, it really, Ellen, it just comes down to really practical small changes that are really um, um, th- that, that that particular woman can do and that are not difficult, you know, mm. in that time from a, from a practical point of view, but also from a mindset and energetic point of view. It's not, it's not about changing your life. It really isn't because it's just too hard. And what happens if we try to do too much, then, you know, we get overwhelmed and, and yeah. then this practice itself becomes um, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, I loved something that you put on your website, which was uh, the idea of wearing loose kind of flowing clothing when you're on your period mm. that just kind of wraps you in like love I think you said it's something like that and I was like that is genius <laughs> like because that's just what you wear so that's just you could put uh, a really nice pashmina on or something um mm-hmm. and and like maybe you've got some essential oil that that you find really comforting so you put a bit on there and and that's that's really simple isn't it but it's it's really lovely yeah. so um, yeah like having a period dress, I call it. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or period pants, especially if I get quite bloated and sore on my day one and two. So I don't want an elastic band around my waist. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So I guess it's just little things like that, isn't it? And I think, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm all about that kind of, rather than saying, well, I can't possibly do that because I'm in this situation. I, I feel like whatever situation we're in and whatever it is that we're trying to change, there is always something we can do it might be very small, but it might have a huge impact. Um, so I think that's really good little yeah. things like that. And, you know, maybe there's a certain tea that yeah. you like to drink or something and, and that's really soothing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Like for me, like I found that when I ate sh- any, any kind of sugary foods um, around my period, it really made my cramps worse. So yeah. I just don't eat them it's not worth it like (laughs) you know it's just it's not worth eating a load of chocolate on my period because it just makes me really sore Mm. um because there's only that association you know I I do love yeah (laughs) chocolate and and periods but the the chocolate is is can be beneficial from a nutritional point of view I believe there's something to do with like the cacao which is good but the sugar if you can find like you know, obviously there are quite a lot on the market now of, of like uh, chocolate products that don't have sugar in. Um, then that's exactly. a good alternative. Yeah. 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 I think it's actually magnesium that w- women are craving. I mean, I could be wrong. It's something oh, it? I read a long time ago. Yeah. So I do take, I actually do take a lot of magnesium supplements around mm-hmm. that time. There's um, quite a lot of information. Kind of relax. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Because that's why you put it in baths sometimes to the magnesium yeah. epsom salts and that's recommended for sleep right? because yeah. there would be a similar thing mm. yeah, yeah there's, it's, there's it's a relaxing mm. there is a lot of information about nutrition um related to this stuff as well isn't there which you can kind of yeah huge and if you are listening i can recommend a book actually because go I on yeah yeah it's called um woman code i'm sure a lot of people have heard of it it's woman. a purple book it's fabulous woman, <laughs> woman code, code. 
like code code c-o-d-e c-o-d-e yeah cool okay yeah woman code by a woman called alisa viti okay and in short she is actually she's um i'm pretty sure she's a gp she's a doctor but she specializes in hormonal balance and fertility uh-huh. and got loads of um youtube videos and she's got loads of great free content online blogs and everything and she sends newsletters regularly um and i read her book many years ago and that's how i started on this journey was because she writes about cyclical eating and she keeps it quite simple actually she does she keeps it really simple because a lot of the information out there can be very overwhelming yes um you know so yeah she does keep it simple and so she and she has this great detox diet that you can do which i've done it's like 4 days it's really it's actually very simple um so i recommend yeah highly okay. recommend her brilliant work. yeah i'll i'll pop a link to that in the show notes so people can check that out if they're interested then that's great um thanks lisa i think that's maybe a good point to start wrapping up our conversation um so yeah. I'm going to end by asking you the final question that I ask all guests. Um, and so it's a two-part question, mm-hmm. which is in your ideal vision of the future, like your absolute dream vision, what changes would you like to see people having made towards a more purposeful and holistic life? And, and then the second part of that question is, if people do want to start moving in that direction now, what small steps can they take? Um. Yeah, that's a great question, Ellen. Um, I think the first, to answer kind of the first part of the question, Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we spoke about not having revolution, but actually. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yes. (laughs) So so my my big dream, actually, my vision for this work in particular is to bring menstrual cycle awareness um, and acknowledgement of the cyclical nature of women's bodies into workplaces mm-hmm. um, not to like change it all okay but just to have a little bit more understanding and a little bit more compassion towards yeah. um women and what, what we experience um so I think and 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 that all comes with um I was thinking about this earlier and it, it does come with learning it's, it starts with practicing this work for yourself and ultimately what this work does is it brings a huge amount of self-compassion to yourself. And I think that the what I want to see in the world going forward, not just in general with menstrual cycle awareness, but for people in general to be kind of more compassionate to, to themselves, but also to others. Because I think there's a lot of um, people in the world who are, um, you know, like in politics and people in power who are causing harm, but are, who are actually, um, you know, um, experiencing their own difficulty so I think compassion goes a long way in terms of making and bringing about change mm-hmm. um, so the way that I would recommend for something like that to start in particular I think it's just in general for women women to start you know getting more curious with tracking their menstrual cycle and um, yeah just you know bringing a little bit more compassion to themselves and mm-hmm. um, telling themselves that because I often personally I do and this is very common is this whole idea of the inner critic, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, catch myself in a bit of an inner critic cycle and, and to, and to not like completely banish the inner critic, but just be a little bit more compassionate in relation to that experience. Um, so it's kind of a long winded answer <laughs> to your know. question. It's, it's quite a, an in-depth Ultimately question. it's about kind. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think my answer is about like bringing kindness to yourself and to others and then, you know, and, and I do think that awakening of the feminine, it has to, like, fe- we can't talk about feminism without talking about the nature of our bodies and the cyclical ways of our bodies. I think that's the next conversation to have. And and it does bring, it, it does start with kindness and compassion because there's been a lot of wounding there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'll, I'll leave it with that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, are there any um, cycle tracking apps that you particularly recommend? Because I know there's a few around. Yeah, there's, um, I, okay, so I really like Clue, which is, I think, probably the most popular one at this stage. It's really, it's Mm C-L-U-E. It's really great. It's free to use. It's, I love using it. Um, But personally, I think the best way to track your cycle, and I'm going to be really old school and old fashioned here, is to to use a diary. Okay. Because um, the the reason for that is, is because um, you can go into a lot more detail 
So what I recommend women to do is to have um, different headings in their cycle. So for example, day one, you write down um, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And then you write a little bit underneath each of those headings in terms of what you experienced that day. Okay. And, um, and so I have actually a YouTube um, video of, and I talk about how to track the menstrual cycle. And uh, the last point I'll make on that is that um, it's interesting when you see your handwriting change around day 28 <laughs> and the words you use are different and everything is different and you might, you know, you might, you might not even write anything and that's significant in and of itself. So yeah, it turns oh. into a bit of a scroll. I have wow. to <laughs> Well, my writing is a scroll anyway, so that is going to be really interesting. What an intriguing point to end on. Oh, I'm excited. Um, and I'll make yeah. sure to link to that, that, that YouTube video of yours in the show notes as well, so people can go and check that out. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. This has been fabulous. Um, could you tell people where they can find you online if they want to kind of find out more about what you do and engage with you further? Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is um, yourcyclematters.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram. I think my Instagram is underscore Lisa underscore D-E-J-O-N-G underscore. It's, yeah, that's my name. But maybe if you go on my website, yourcyclematters.com and all my social media is linked at the bottom of my Ooh. website. And I've got a, um, I've actually got a free cycle tracking guide you can download on there. Brilliant. Well. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Create Shift. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I would love to hear what you thought. Um, find me on Instagram at being underscore change. Find me online at being-change.com where you can read blogs, find past episodes of the podcast, find the show notes for this episode. So any links that you wanted will be right there and find out more about what I do. I would really appreciate it if you did enjoy this episode, if you'd be willing to hop over to either the Apple Podcasts app, if you listen to this on an Apple device, or to iTunes, find Create Shift and leave a rating and a review. It's not just to feed my ego, I promise, although that is nice. Um, it's so that other people can find the show, because the more people who review it, the more that iTunes, Apple powers that be will trust that it is a podcast worth listening to and show it to other people who may be interested so thank you in advance for doing that and until next time 